0: All right, thank you, Brother and Mrs. Stanley, for getting us started tonight, and welcome to our midweek service, and I'm looking forward to uh, bringing the Bible study to you this evening, and so I hope you have your uh, Bibles with you. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter number 11. Uh, so if you want to be turning there, uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, I'll remind you of some things to pray about, and then I'll make a couple announcements at the end of the Bible study uh, to make us aware of uh, things coming up for this coming weekend, uh, keeping us moving forward during this time. Of course, uh, we uh, the weeks seem to just come by uh, as we are in this uh, quarantine, slow down, stay at home, whatever you want to call it at this time. Uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, things getting back uh, open and, and normal. But until then, uh, we'll just do the best we can. And I'm thankful that I can come to you tonight uh, in this uh, means and by, and by this uh, technology. But I'm looking forward to uh, seeing all of your faces. And this is, you get the better end of the deal on this because you get to see me. Uh, and I can't see you, but I look forward to uh, getting to see you in the future. Uh, but I do want to remind you to keep praying uh, about uh, all our ongoing needs, things that we uh, have been praying about for some time. Pray for one another. Uh, keep uh, one another in prayer. Uh, pray for continued safety and health during this time. Uh, pray for our uh, leaders in government, from the president on down to our local leaders. I pray that they would seek the mind of God, give them wisdom during this time, And uh, pray that the hearts of men will look to God. And I do have a good report, if if you haven't already heard. uh, uh, Brother Hopkins is home, and uh, he is recovering at home. And so we uh, praise the Lord for that. And so you continue to pray for him and pray for one another during this time. Hebrews chapter number 11. And uh, we're familiar with this uh, uh, chapter. Uh, A few years ago, I taught for over a year on Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the great faith chapter, uh, the uh, hall of faith, if you will, the hall of fame uh, when it comes to faith. And so uh, we're going to look at one character uh, that's just mentioned very briefly uh, in this passage of scripture. We're going to look at their faith tonight. Uh, It is a well-known Bible character, uh, but mentioned very briefly in uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. So we'll look at verse 32 Uh, To begin with, and we'll look at verse 32 and 33. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant, and fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Now I want you to notice in verse number 32, the Bible says, of David also, of David also. Uh, Tonight we're going to look at the faith of David, uh, the faith of David, and I have several uh, truths tonight. I have seven, as a matter of fact, uh, truths about the faith of David from the life of David that we're going to look at. Uh, but let's ask the Lord to help us tonight as we look at uh, the faith of this great Bible character. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to open the Word of God. And while we're not all <coughs> gathered together like we'd like to be, Father, I pray that uh, you would uh, use the time tonight. I pray that the Word of God uh, would speak to us. I pray the Spirit of God will remind us of these wonderful truths. Uh, we see in the, in the faith of David, may it strengthen our faith, may it help us, uh, may it help us to have a greater faith in you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We know that faith is what pleases God. Uh, the Scripture reminds us that without faith it is impossible to please God. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God is pleased by our faith, our total dependence on Him. We know this, and during this time, I've been reminding us of this uh, quite frequently, uh, but I do think it's good for us to be reminded of how we can please God and what does please God. And in our own life, and when we do have a lack of faith, and when we do have moments of unbelief, uh, that is sin. Sometimes we, we, we look at other Christians and what they're doing, and we may say, well, they're living in sin, and they're living in sin. Well, according to the Word of God, not having faith in God, if it's not a faith, it is sin. That's what the Bible tells us. We come to the life of David. David is certainly no stranger. Uh, to even the casual reader of the Bible. David is one of the most prominent, not just characters of the Old Testament, uh, but characters of the entire Bible, Uh, the great King David. And uh, God used David in a wonderful and in a spectacular way. And I think of the, the life of David, uh, there's a lot to t- think of, and we're going to look at several truths tonight in the, in the faith of David, uh, but I think of uh, how several of, of Bible characters have several different verses in Hebrews 11 uh, that talks about them. I think of Moses, uh, many, many verses in Hebrews chapter number 11. Uh, Joseph, uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. Even Rahab the harlot uh, has uh, mentioned in chap- uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. And then just in passing, uh, that David is mentioned. Uh, and uh, But to think that to be mentioned in this company, uh, in this chapter uh, on faith, is a great honor. So therefore, uh, David uh, must have had great faith. Uh, often, we look at the life of David, at least I do, and look at David as a a very capable individual. I believe he was a very talented, <coughs> gifted man. I believe he had some natural leadership qualities uh, that God used in him. Uh, but to think that David accomplished all that David accomplished just on talent alone uh, would be a foolish assumption. Uh, David certainly had talents. He certain ha- certainly had abilities. But if you think of the life of David, uh, just for a few minutes tonight, you're gonna, your mind's going to have to go to some situations in his life uh, where talent was not going to get him by, uh, ability was not going to get him by, uh, a good circumstance. Isn't, wasn't going to see him through. He had to have faith in God. Now, what did God say about David? <coughs> Excuse me. David was, according to God, a man after God's own heart. Think about that. Uh, if, if I was to say that about somebody I knew, that'd be a great compliment from my perspective. But when God says, here is a man that is after my own heart, think about that great compliment. No one else uh, was that said about, but it was said of David. Now, in order for David to have the heart after God's, that would mean, based on what we know about faith, the fact that we know that it is impossible to please God without faith, David had to have a heart of faith. David had to just believe God, and God was able to use David uh, in the way that God used David because of his faith. Uh, now, I want to jump right into these uh, seven truths about the, the faith of David that I want us to see tonight. Uh, let me say, number one, uh, David had faith uh, to perform his duties. He had faith to perform his duties. Now, I want you to think to the early life of David, David the shepherd and how his brothers would go to war and to battle and His dad said, you go care for the sheep. Something we see early in the life of David is his obedience to the authorities he had, his obedience to his father. His brothers are going to war and David is commanded, go watch the sheep. Uh, not, not, a, not a great comparison there of responsibility and belief in their um, talents and abilities. But he performed his duties. He was faithful uh, to perform that which was expected of him. He was a faithful shepherd. Uh, he, part of the responsibility of the shepherd was to protect the sheep. We know the scripture tells us that he, uh, in, in protecting the sheep, he protected them from a lion, he protected them from a bear, and so he was faithful to perform his duties. Now, don't miss this. A lot of Christians, Christians a lot of times, uh, fail in their Christian life. They never get to do greater things for God because they don't perform the duties that are expected of them. They don't do the mundane things. They don't do the expected things. And yes, it takes faith to just do what you have a responsibility to do. It takes faith just to perform the task that you have to perform. Don't ever look at the task that you may have in the work of God or the things that God might have you do it and, and look at them as just meaningless and uh, maybe it's not as glamorous as what somebody else is doing. You just have faith. To do what it is that God's instructed you to do. And David was gonna have much greater victories that I do not believe he would have had if he had not had the faith to just perform his duties. Uh, so let me just remind you and I tonight that on the pathway to greatness is responsibility, it's duty, it's the everyday task, it's the everyday chores, uh, it's, it's doing the things that we know to do uh, and sometimes become second nature to us if we just get in a habit of doing them. As a Christian, Don't neglect the simple things. Don't neglect the things that you know you should do. Don't neglect the quote-unquote mundane things in pursuit of greater things. A lot of Christians have been sidetracked and derailed because they didn't want to do the simple task. They didn't see the fact that uh, even a cup of cold water given in the name of Christ is serving him. It's as if you're doing it for him. They look for more glamorous things. No, fulfilling your responsibility is, is, is something that uh, Christians need to get back to. This is my duty to perform this. It's my duty to be there. It's my, I, I'm going to fulfill all the duties that God has given me. So number one, he had the, he had the faith to pertain or perform his duties. Number two... He had the faith uh, to defend his country and his God. He had faith to defend his country and his God. Uh, We know the story of David and Goliath, one of the most uh, famous or well-known Bible stories uh, in the the Old Testament, but in the entire Bible. Uh, David, the lad, David, the Uh, shepherd boy, facing off, squaring off against the mighty, giant, Philistine warrior, Goliath. We know the story. We know the end of the story. We know the the sling and the stone and how uh, David uh, used the weapons that he was used to, and uh, he used that stone, and he depended on God uh, to bring that victory. Uh, But I want to bring our attention to something very key uh, that's in the nature of David in the belief system of David, uh, in the faith of David, before he got to that point. How did David get in that valley with that giant? How did he even end up there? Well, obviously, the hand of God, the providence of God brought him to that place. Uh, But for the refusal of everybody in the Hebrew army, including uh, his brothers, refused to fight, including Saul, refused to fight Goliath. Uh, But what was it? That spurred him to be there. We know the famous words that David spoke, uh, is there not a cause? Uh, We are, our theme for this year, committed to the cause, uh, comes from that. Is there not a cause? Well, what was that cause? Uh, It was the cause of his nation and his God. He had the faith to defend his country and his God. Now, uh, I am not advocating today that there is a giant in a valley that we need to get a sling, and a slingshot, and then once we hit him with the, the, the stone, we go chop their head off. But what I am saying is that you and I, as a Christian, uh, we do defend our nation. We do defend our God by the way we live, by the stands we take, the things we participate in, the things we don't participate in. Uh, I, I love our country. Uh, I, I'm, there's things right now that I wish weren't taking place. Uh, there's things right now that, I, that go on in our country that uh, are against God. Uh, I'll speak out against them, but I love the United States of America. We ought to be willing to defend our uh, nation, have the faith to do so, stand for what is right. At the same time, the faith uh, of our God. Now, th- their nation and God was t- were certainly tied together. This was God's people. And we know the Philistine uh, was defying the, ar- uh, the armies of God and defying, defying God himself. And he was mocking God and blaspheming God, and it spurred... David to action. It took faith to do that as a shepherd to face off against that mighty warrior. Now, I wonder uh, the things that are going on in our nation. It's no secret. Uh, that there are the enemies of our nation inside our nation. They're working against that which uh, ha- we have always had. Uh, there are many who uh, do not like the fact that uh, our motto has always been, In God We Trust. They don't like the freedoms we have to uh, worship, the freedom we have to uh, tell others about the Lord. Uh, but things that take place, there ought to be something inside of us that says, I'm going to advance the cause of Christ. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. It's really insincere for a Christian to complain about all the wickedness uh, in our nation, all the things in our our nation that are wrong, and then they're not even faithful to the things of God. They're not even faithful to the house of God. They're not even faithful to the word of God. Uh, David was spurred to do something. Uh, You say, Pastor, I don't see the parallel. Uh, There is a parallel. The Bible says righteousness exalteth a nation. And if there be a group of people in our nation that just said, I'm going to be spurred to do what is right. I'm going to be motivated to do more of what I should do, and that takes faith. Uh, He had faith to defend his country and his God. Now, number three, I want you to pay close attention to number three. This is something that we see in the uh, faith of David. He had the faith to be patient with God. Faith to be patient with God. Another way of saying this is having the faith to wait on God. I think we've all heard that phrase. We've used that phrase. I know that I, as a pastor, have used it many, many times, uh, not just in giving counsel or in in the middle of a message to uh, you as a a church, but even in my own life, I have had to uh, depend on the faith to be patient on God or wait on God. I want you to to see a hidden uh, fact about David that I think speaks to his greatness, and it's the fact that even after he was anointed to be king, he did not rush to the throne room. He was willing to wait until God placed him in authority. I'm assuming there's young preachers or men who have a desire to be used in the ministry watching this right now. Um, Well, God's called me to preach. Well, don't get ahead of God. Uh, you, You do need to get an education. You do need to prepare yourself. Uh, You do need to get a little bit of experience before you go save the world. Don't get ahead of God. David's a great example. Uh, He was anointed king, and yet he went and tended sheep. Uh, It speaks to the greatness of of David. You think he always liked uh, tending to the sheep? No, but he had to exercise faith in being patient with God. See, David was a man with a title but not a kingdom. Uh, He was a, a man with a title but no throne he had been anointed by god but he was willing to wait until god clearly opened the door for him to assume the authorities uh, christian we can get ourselves in great trouble and it's a lack of faith so therefore it is sin according to the word of god for us to try and kick doors open instead of waiting for god to open the door i think mean, we've all done that i know I've, I've been guilty of that it's not a pleasant thing when, when we do that we need to wait on the Lord, and David, or David had the faith to be patient. David had the faith to wait on God allow God to work things out. I'll use as an, as an example all of our different building projects while well, I'm thrilled and excited about what God has done I want everything done yesterday and here comes another thing that slows us down uh, but I'm going to let God open the right doors and let God open them when He wants to open them and we cannot get ahead of God in your life there might be something right now. Uh, That uh, you don't understand why God has not moved. You don't understand why God has not answered the prayer. You don't understand why God has not changed the circumstances. How about having faith? Faith to just trust him and wait on him and wait for his timing. David had the faith to be patient with God. Wait on God's timing. Be still and know that I am God. His ways are perfect. His timing is perfect. Uh, God knows what you and I do not know. Number four, uh, the fourth thing we see about the faith of David is this. He had the faith to establish God's kingdom. Faith to establish God's kingdom. Uh, now, look at this. There's, this is going to be something that's going to be uh, very applicable for you and I. Uh, David was an example of Matthew 6, uh, David was interesting in building God's kingdom, not David's kingdom. Uh, in turn, God gave David a lot of authority, a lot of power. Uh, we we here we we're talking about David tonight in the con- context of somebody with great faith. Uh, he had the faith to establish God's kingdom. Christian, I wish I could I could get every child of God, every Christian, just to grab a hold of this. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew six thirty three. That is a verse that every Christian ought to memorize. That is a verse every Christian ought to use on a daily basis to guide their direction, guide their decision-making, guide the conversations they have, uh, prioritize their day. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Advance the cause of Christ. Is it propagating? His truth? Is it propagating uh, His ministry? Is it propagating His church, uh, the Word of God? Uh, He had the faith to establish uh, God's kingdom. Uh, Too many Christians make their Christian life about them and not about God. Uh, We know that the scripture tells us the greatest is the servant, but yet we're slow to serve. Uh, We know that it's about the souls of men, whether they're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. Uh, but yet we continue to make it about us and our comfort, and what is the church doing for us? Uh, We get sidetracked, and that's why the Bible speaks uh, so much of pride and how pride will destroy us, and pride will uh, hinder our Christian life, and pride will uh, keep us from having a close relationship with God Uh, when we put our wants ahead of what is best uh, for uh, the work of God. Could you imagine if every Uh, one who named the name of Christ, uh, put Christ first. Uh, Sadly, they don't. Could you imagine if every member of every Bible-believing church uh, put the cause of Christ, put the work of the church ahead of their own uh, needs? Could you imagine what we could do uh, for the cause of Christ? It's an example. In order to do that, David had to have faith. Uh, he He didn't always know how things were going to work out. He didn't always know how uh, things were going to end up. You say, well, well, pastor, you just don't know. I don't I don't know how I'm going to make it over the next month. Well, you're not having to live in a cave wondering if the king is going to catch you and kill you. Uh, I, I think David lived with faith. He provided an example of faith. Uh, he was about building the kingdom of God, not his own uh, empire, not his own kingdom. And in turn, God gave him Uh, great uh, power, authority, and influence, and uh, that's something that uh, you and I, uh, we can make a difference. Uh, We won't see the the results of it until we get to heaven, Uh, but uh, those things will last. Those rewards that are laid up in heaven will last for eternity. We may make some sacrifices, and we may do without some things down here because we faithfully give to missions, Uh, but every soul that's won because of that giving, uh, that's going to last for eternity. Uh, we have to keep a eternal view on the choices that we make. Yes, build, build your kingdom, and, 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 and I'll speak to our young adults, assuming they're watching tonight, assuming they're uh, paying attention to, tonight, I'll speak to them tonight and to our young couples, and uh, you, you, can, you can build whatever career, whatever job, and I'm certainly not against that, but don't you forget about laying up treasures over in heaven. That's what's going to last forever. It's a good reminder for all of us, and David had faith to do it. Number five, uh, we find this, the faith to repent after sinning. Uh, We don't have to take a lot of time tonight to talk about David's sin, because uh, God certainly made us all aware of them in Scripture. Uh, David sinned greatly against God. But you know what we ought to talk about more when it comes to the sin of David? It's the fact that David got things right with God after he sinned greatly. Uh, and, and tragically, uh, there was consequences for his sin. But David had to have faith to repent after his sinning. Now, Stay with me. This, this, I think this will help us tonight. Uh, David realized how sinful he had been and repented. What did he do? He had faith to admit it. There's a lot of Christians, they're never going to be right with their God because they can never admit that they've been wrong. They've never admit that they've sinned. After he admitted he sinned, of course, it's not like it was a great revelation to God. God knew. Uh, He had faith to repent. He had a belief to repent. Now, repent is not just saying, oh, I'm sorry, I know I shouldn't do that, acknowledge I shouldn't do that. And then go right back to doing it. To truly repent is to turn away from. Uh, He was broken about his sin. Uh, And then this is where I believe a great bit of his faith had to come in. He had faith to accept God's forgiveness and faith to believe in God's forgiveness. There's a little word that the devil uses to oppress Christians. There's a little word that the devil uses to keep Christians from doing all that they could, use from, for, for, they could do for God, and that word is the word guilt. And a lot of times the devil uses guilt of what a Christian has done or what a Christian has participated in to keep them by faith moving forward. Or a lot of times the Christian just their own flesh and their own spirit, uh, their own shame, uh, they don't have the faith to understand that once things are made right, God forgives. God is a gracious God. God is a forgiving God. And there's a lot of Christians, I believe, that in their heart, they have made things right with God, but yet they have not taken that next step. The step that once they have repented, uh, once they have turned from that, once they have acknowledged it, once they have admitted it, God forgets about it. Uh, there's a lot of Christians that are bringing up sins that they've done in their past to God that God don't even recall. God does not even remember it. If God's not going to remember it, a Christian, why are you remembering it? And if God's not going to remember it, God help us. Why are you talking about what somebody else did that God doesn't even remember? But David had to have the faith that he could get things right and he could continue to move forward And he could continue to do what it is that God wanted him to do in the fact that God had forgiveness. His faith was in God's forgiveness. And maybe tonight, somebody watching, uh, there's something that you need to get right with God. Get it right with God. When you confess it to him, he's not going to be shocked by it. He already knows about it. Uh, He he knows what's going on. He knows what's in your heart. Uh, Get it right with him. Then repent. Turn from it. Uh, if you need to change your habits, if you need to get some things out of your home, you need to change your friends, do it. Turn away from us so you don't fall back into it again. And then have faith that you can still serve God. Have faith and belief in God that His forgiveness is a very real thing. Uh, number six, I'm, I'll move along. There's the faith to be loyal. Loyalty is a forgotten word in our day-to-day. Uh, Loyalty is a word that disloyal people take, and they turn it into other things. Uh, uh, And I don't want to get off on on the sidetracked on that that tonight, but he had the faith to be loyal. Let me give you some examples, remind you some examples of David's loyalty seen in the Bible. Um, Loyalty, you know, let me remind you, loyalty is more than just an act of character. And loyal people are people of character. But it's more than that. It's an act of faith. For example, if I'm going to be loyal to God, then I have faith that God is who he says he is. I have faith if I'm going to be loyal to an institution that I should be loyal to. I'm going to be loyal to a person that I should be loyal to. I have faith that the principles of the word of God that says I should be are truth, are right. Sadly, a lot of people choose their loyalty by which way the wind's blowing or where the pressure's coming from or uh, how, what do I get out of it. That's not loyalty at all. Uh, that, that has, that's not loyalty in the least, but it takes faith to be loyal. Let me, let me give you some areas that he was loyal to. David was loyal to his father. He did as his father commanded him even after he was anointed king. He still obeyed. David was loyal to his God. He fought Goliath because he was defying God. There's a lot of Christians who who are disloyal to God. I I hope we don't fall into that category. If we ever do, I hope we get those things right. Uh, Here's a shepherd boy, a lad, just bringing some uh, food to his brothers to get a report to take back to his father. And he hears somebody Defying and blaspheming God and before he before before anybody else knew what was going on before anybody else could uh, intervene. He is out in the valley getting ready to fight this Goliath because he defied God. Uh, We may not have to be in that setting, but there's you could stand for the Lord. It takes faith to do that. Uh, David was loyal to his king. Even when Saul sought to kill David, he remained a loyal servant. Uh, David was loyal to his friend. Even after the death of Saul and Jonathan, David remained loyal to their memory as seen in his kindness to Mephibosheth. Uh, The faith to be loyal takes faith to be loyal. Let me give you number seven tonight. This is a great truth that I want all of us to grasp. There's the faith to prepare for the future. Faith to prepare for the future. David was not all about David. Uh, Sometime in the next 24 hours, we've read this chapter many times, read through Hebrews 11 again. and You're going to find that, of course, every character mentioned in Hebrews 11 has in common the fact that they're in Hebrews 11, which means they have in common that they didn't just have average faith, they had remarkable faith, faith to the degree that God put them in this context in this chapter. So they all had great faith. But one characteristic that you'll find of every one of these individuals that had great faith is they were humble, is they were not all about themselves. Because in order to have faith in God, you cannot have faith in yourself. Don't miss this. In order to trust God, you cannot lean under your own understanding. In order to uh, have faith in him, uh, you can't try and figure it out yourself and then do what it is that seems logical to you. No, uh, you have to humble yourself and say, okay, God, here am I, I'm following you, I'm going to trust you no, no matter what, and I'm just going to go wherever you lead me. They were all very, very humble. But David was not all about David. David looked beyond his life. David, as you and I know, would not be the one to build the temple. But he did prepare his son Solomon to build the temple. Here's what happens in the life of some Christian. God's not going to use them to do something, so they have no interest in it anymore. Uh, this is what I wanted to see happen in my lifetime, or I wanted to see take place in but I'm not going to. I'm not going to see it, or I'm not going to have a part in. it, So I'm not interested anymore. All who, all every preacher, you can include myself in this, who prays for revival, preaches about revival, says let's take a stand for revival. I may not see it in my day. I may not see it in my lifetime. But I can have a part in preparing. A future generation to have it. It's, it's sad, and I hate to say this, and I hesitate to say this, but I think it's, it needs to be said. Uh, it reminds us that I'm afraid that some just want to see, see revival so, first of all, they can say they saw it, they were part of it, and they, it was their prayers that caused it. I just want to see people turn to God. I want to see the lost get saved I want to see our nation honor God. I do want to see revival in our churches. I do want to see revival in our nation. Uh, I pray that we see it. And we as Emmanuel Baptist Church, we know we get to see if the rest of the world don't want to have revival. We can have it, and we do have a spirit of revival. But if we don't see it beyond this church, that's why it's important. Listen to me, hear me. That's why it's important that we support the ministries that we have, like our Christian school, like our children's ministry, like our youth ministry. That's why our young people, we want to push them to serve God with their life, get the training in Bible college. We may not see it now in our lifetime, but what would we not have the faith in God to believe? It is going to happen because God said it could happen. God wants it to happen. If it's not going to happen in my lifetime, let me prepare the next generation so they might see it in their lifetime. We are failing as Christians. We're failing as Christian parents, generally speaking. We're failing as churches, generally speaking, because we're trying to do some things, and when we can't, we're not preparing that next generation. And that's why we, as a church, we've got to stay focused. We got to enjoy. I want to enjoy the things that God has for us to enjoy, uh, building programs and things of that nature. Some may say, be watching this tonight, and say, "Well, you know, I'm not going to live. I don't think I'll live long enough to enjoy it." I well, don't be so short-sighted and. Let's not have such a small faith in the cause of Christ that if I can't have a part of it, I'm not going to do what I can so that others can have a part of it. That's why, and since we're just talking tonight, that's why it's important that you not only tithe and give to missions and things of that, but I think as you think about your future, you ought to think about uh, what you can do for the church. What you can do for the church after you're gone. Uh, Because I want to see our our nation turn to God. I want to see our nation have revival. I want to see great things done for God. Now, I'd love to see it in my lifetime. I want to work like it's going to happen in my lifetime. I want to pray like it's going to happen in my lifetime. I want want to do my part so that it will happen in my lifetime. But if if it doesn't, can I not have a part in preparing another generation? that Maybe they'll see it. What a a pattern David set. Sometimes you ought to read about the temple that Solomon built and the magnificence. And the detail of that temple david did not get to do that but you read the end of david's life david prepares solomon to do it he prepares him he gives him admonitions he gives him warnings he gives him things to keep in mind he prepares him to do what it is that god wants done i believe god wants the world to come to christ uh, I believe that God wants more churches to be planted. God wants missionaries around the world. Uh, we can look around and say, well, there's not enough churches now. We can say there's not enough preachers now. Or we could spend our lifetime, our generation, preparing a generation so that there is enough preachers. So there is more churches. What a What a wonderful example of faith. Don't miss that. God wandered the temple, said this is what needs to be done. David wouldn't see it, but he believed enough in what God said that I'm going to prepare the person to do it. Many times we are short-sighted in our own lives rather than looking beyond our lives to leave what we can for the work of God. Uh, I've got three children. I want to leave the work of God with them. I want to go on. Uh, as the pastor of this church, there's, uh, I have dreams and goals for all of our uh, children, all of our teens, our young adults, our young couples. Uh, long after I'm gone, I want to see the work of Emmanuel Baptist church go on. Uh, I've tried very hard, and just sharing my heart with you in closing tonight, I try very hard not to make all of my decisions about today. And I know sometimes... Uh, We get frustrated, and some of you more than others, because you let me know you're frustrated at the progress we make. Uh, But we can't just make decisions based on what is going to serve us today. We've got to make decisions based on what's going to be best for this church 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Uh, We've got to make the sacrifices necessary that if we can't see something that we want to see, that we prepare those uh, who can see it. I'd love to see this city on fire for God again. There was a day when there was uh, so many churches in the city of Jacksonville uh, who were sowing and who were preaching the truth, who were making a difference. And it's just not, that's just not the way it is today. But I'd like to see it once again. Uh, how's that going to happen? Well, we've got to take the time to prepare uh, those that would do the work that God would bless so that it can be seen. Um, you could say David didn't see the temple built, but he did. He just saw it on the other side of eternity. And I believe that there's that great cloud of witnesses, and I don't know how all what they can see and what they can't see, um, but I believe there are those who have invested in a generation behind them, whether it be their children, their grandchildren, or, or they, they taught a Sunday school class, or they pastored a church, or whatever it may be, and they invested so that they could do something for God. Uh, It takes great faith to do that. And so let me encourage you tonight to look at these things, these these facts about David's faith. A man after (coughs) God's own heart, he had to have a heart of faith. God would never have said he's a man after my own heart if he he didn't have faith, if he didn't have great faith. Uh, Because we know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let's have the faith that we need and pray that God will give us the faith we need. And I use David's example uh, as we uh, look, stay, stay faithful in this life until the Lord comes.